and welcome to Stay Sure Jason, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm your host, Justin Twyford, as always, joined by my other host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu. How's things this week? Uh, it's all tickety-boo. Thank you very much, Justin. I'm, uh, I'm living the dream, as they say. How about you? How are things in Canada? Uh, pretty good this week. Uh, we had uh, we had a little cold on the weekend, Stu. I had to dig out the long pants. <gasps> a high of 23 degrees, which, you know, in my old life on the coast would have been lovely. Uh, up here, it was like long pants and uh, a, t- a sweatshirt. So, yeah, uh, we're back to normal now, though. Uh, I had to close my blinds so it doesn't get too hot in my room while we're recording. Excellent. Well, it's good to know that summer is continuing. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, anything new and exciting or not new and exciting with your life? Uh, well, um, what's new and exciting with my life? Well, I suppose some follow-up because I was whinging, I think, last time um, about Amazon. I got shut out of my Amazon account. What did that mm-hmm. happen? The weekend, I, come. I I tried to buy somebody in the states a gift, and <laughs> and the the algorithm went, this doesn't look right, um, and so it just zapped me out of existence. And I got several phone calls with a call center that just went round in circles. We had a, we had a whole sort of uh, what I like to call the ID paso doble, where you just uh, circle around each other trying to identify me um, with you know, uh, a whole range of my accent, their accent, just not really meeting, uh, just so that we could get to the point where they would go, oh, no, I can't help you. So what they would say to me is, uh, we've sent an email to the investigations team and they will come back to you. And that was really frustrating until I called again on the Tuesday where uh, a charming person answered the phone uh, in in an accent very similar to mine. I think she was maybe of Arabic extraction. I'm not sure. Her name was Miriam. Uh, and she was London-based. And so she went, all oh, right, okay. We, we, did, we did the whole Paso Doble thing again. Uh, and the, the classic one was she wanted me to give her the serial number of an Amazon device. And I went, um, I don't really have one. Oh, I've got a Kindle. Uh, so I pulled the Kindle out, but I don't actually read on my Kindle. So we had to wait for that to charge up, <laughs> uh, at, which, at which point she was getting bored. So she said, okay, can you name three things that you've bought more than a month ago? Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, this is, um, uh, oh. And then it occurred to me that I've got quite a lot of books on Amazon. And there's one thing I can retain. It's the name of books. So I fired out a few of those and she went, Oh, you're very good at this. So, uh, you know, quite like reading. Um, and, and that was it. It was okay. We've, we've reset that. We've reset this. You're back in go. That was a huge relief after a very frustrating weekend. Mm-hmm. What about you? Have you got any follow up from, uh, from last week? Uh, well, I had a question for you actually to start with. Oh, go on then you're been locked out of Amazon and I'm sure mm. that created a, a, a butt clenching feeling at least. Have you had any different feelings about craft? Oh, heavens. Um, yes. I mean, first, when you mentioned that during, uh, during our last conversation, you said, well, yeah, craft is, is it where, where the document's stored? Is it on a server? And, and I went, oh, ah, because sort of going back through my journey of selecting a, a notes app, the thing that really appealed to me about Obsidian was that it was just Markdown files on my hard disk. Um, now, what that means is that it's awful at synchronization and its iOS stuff is not great. Well, now awful is is too strong. It's not awful at synchronization, but it it doesn't play very well with iOS and their app for iOS is not great. But I don't really use it on iOS, so it doesn't matter too much but anyway i'd sort of been seduced by craft because it's got a beautiful interface and it looks lovely and it sinks like a dream and um but the data is stored on a server belonging to them i'm not overly concerned about getting hacked i mean if somebody wants to hack my notes good luck to them um they could just send me an email and I'd, i'd send them to them um but 
I am concerned about losing that data. I mean, what happens if, if Kraft went bust or got even worse, bought by Google? What, what would happen? You know, would that data sort of revert to me? And they've got a really positive policy and they seem to have a really good idea about what they want to do. Um, but when things go wrong, these things tend to go out the window. So that kind of concerned me. Um, and I did some more research. And yes, there are copies of the data on my devices. So that's slightly better. Um, and it is very easy for me to export. So worst case scenario is I can run a regular sort of backup routine and just say, okay, export all my notes and it exports them as guess what markdown files, uh, which I can then keep on my computer. So that would be a way of continuing to use craft, but yeah, it did start me thinking about, you know, do, do I want to actually stay in obsidian where this isn't an issue? I don't have to make that, but then there are, there are pros and cons with Obsidian too. So I'm still thinking about it, but what it really got me thinking about was everything else. Mm -hmm. So if, Am if Amazon said to me, you can't shop with us anymore, do you know what? I'd cope. That's fine. But what about all the books that I've got there? I've got a huge amount of digital content that only really exists in Amazon. I mean, you know, I have it in various devices, but I don't download all of my books to all of my devices. And perhaps I should. I mean, that's maybe something I need to do. Well, now that your Kindle's charged up. <laughs> exactly. I can put it all on a Kindle, which I don't use. Um, or, you know, what What if something went with Apple? I mean, how much have I got with them? Oh, ah, all those apps that I bought. What if the App Store went down? And I mean, I know that people think, you know, Apple is the biggest company in the world, or certainly top three. It's unlikely to go anywhere. Sure. But if you're as old as Justin and I, then, then you'll remember a company called Kodak, um, who, who were the market leaders and who, well, I think the brand has been bought and sold a few times, but as a company, they just ceased to exist. I also remember the nineties, uh, Apple that was, you know, sort of one release away from bankruptcy. For sure. You know, there was, there are ups and there are downs and over the, over the period, I mean, uh, remember Intel. Intel was unstoppable and nowadays, well, Apple's kick them in the chips. Uh, you know, there's so many ups and downs to, to business over the long term. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yes, it is, it is something that is, well, concerning. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly has got me thinking about that and, uh, how I sort of move forward, particularly as I'm going to be doing, uh, a sort of hardware changeover uh, this month. So in, in Syracuse fashion, this is something that I will take to me forever now. Um, I'm preparing the way, Justin. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting ready for my Mac studio. Uh, so I've got, um, I've got the, the monitors that will be used with the Mac studio, which are different from the ones that are used with the Mac Mini because of just connectivity issues. Uh, so they're, they're ready. Um, I'm going to run the Mac mini, um, as a server. So it's going to be, uh, a content cache and really it's going to be a sort of, um, drive mounting bay for backups and archives and, and that sort of stuff. Um, now I've got no idea how to do that, but I've been, you know, doing what everybody else does and going onto YouTube and Google and going, okay, so how do you do this? And it seems relatively straightforward. He said fatally, um, <laughs> Uh, are you going to switch your backup? Because uh, I'm assuming you're using a Backblaze or something like that. That's going to go to your Mac Mini then, not your studio. Well, no. I mean, I have uh, I've got quite a big Backblaze account, so um, I, both I think will be backing up almost certainly, just because I'm a belt and braces sort of guy. Um, but yeah, the the thing that I'm doing at the moment is the way that my networks are set up is my office is in the basement. So it's the only room down here. Uh, and my, uh, broadband goes in through the top of the house. So I have a really long cable, uh, that's sort of, well, it's, it's run out of the house under a balcony, uh, through the wall into this office, uh, to the sort of, um, what, what would you call it? Is it the expansion, the nodule, the node, uh, the sort of, I have a three router set, mm -hmm. um, a, a Wi-Fi mesh 
And so this one in this room is connected by Ethernet to the, the main unit, as it were, upstairs. That's fine, but it means that my computers are actually connecting to a little Wi-Fi down here rather than directly by cable. Uh, so what I've got to do is put a switch down here so that I can put the server and my machine onto Ethernet um, and still have my little node for mobile phones, Kindles, all the other nonsense that needs to connect. Um, so I need to do that. Um, and then I need to set up the Mac Mini. And then I need to set up the Mac Studio. And as you say, I then need to test all of my backups and make sure that they're all working. And I may, brace yourself, Justin, I may go out and buy some more uh, SSDs. Mm. I've got a couple that I'm thinking it's they've done very well to survive this long. <laughs> I might well be, be pushing my luck to keep using them. So I might have to retire a couple. Mm. Um, and probably just buy some, some, some of the big Samsung's team. What are they, T5s or? T7s are the ones that I've been buying lately. Okay, T7s, yeah. So I might just buy a couple of those and use those as my uh, as my sort of final last resorts. Um, so yes, very exciting. Lots of, lots of stuff to be doing. Um, and yeah, maybe I need to download all of the data that I'm, I'm you know, buying, all the content I'm buying. And uh, then you get into things like Plex servers and all sorts of stuff. But well, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more on another episode, but certainly one of the disadvantages of subscription, you don't seem to own anything now and, uh, it can all go away very quickly. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, we got some email from Brian F. Uh, he's also known as pen thing. Uh, he sent a really nice email. Um, he's a big user of Lamy encode slash Neos, Neosmart pens which is the Lamy setup that I got the other day. Uh, he uh, has done some content on that on LinkedIn. Um, boy, I haven't used LinkedIn in a while. It's kind of one of those things that uh, I really don't get into. It's hard to find stuff on LinkedIn, I could tell you that. Um, but more importantly, uh, Brian has uh, helped out or offered to help out if and when I get stuck. Uh, which is interesting because I'm still kind of scared of the notebook because I'm not sure what I'm using it for. I've got sort of, well, notebook fear. I did learn that I can actually download and print out the blank pages onto a letter and write on that. So I, I was actually practicing uh, the other day because I haven't really used my notebook until I did the last page test. But this thing is remarkable. Even my... Uh, not very nice cursive. It could do a surprisingly good job of of decoding that. So I'm I'm kind of impressed. Uh, how's the remarkable two going for you? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, Brian uh, again has come with some amazing uh, info. It, it never even occurred to me to think of this, but the remarkable two, um, you buy it with. You can either get. Um, I think the technical term is stylus number one or stylus number two. And stylus number two has a kind of a razor at the end. Very swish. Appropriately number two. Yes, well, I went for the more expensive one, obviously. And mm -hmm. um, it's great. It's uh, oh, I'm just, just picking up the Remarkable now. Uh, so I bought the Remarkable. I bought the cheaper folio cover, which is a sort of, it's a very sort of corporate gray Um if it was Apple, they would call it space gray, but it's it's a sort of gray, um, whatever this man-made fiber is. You can also buy leather ones if you want to spend a bit more money, but uh, I didn't think that was really appropriate. So got this, and I've got my little black stylus that, uh, a la Apple, it sort of attaches magnetically to the side of the Remarkable. Um, and it's, it's a black stylus-looking thing, if you see what I mean. And it's all right. It writes okay. I'm still experimenting with my nibs. So I think at the moment I'm probably writing in a medium uh, Sharpie, which, which seems actually closer to a fountain pen for me than the fountain pen. But mm. there's, there's all sorts of combinations. You've got pencil, you've got marker, you've got fountain pen, you've got rollerball, you've got uh, ballpoint. Um, and they all have slightly different characteristics. And then you've got different white, uh, line widths. So you, you keep mucking about until you find the one that you want. And I thought, okay, that's great. But it's, it's very clearly a stylus. And 
Brian pointed out that actually both Lamy and Kaweco make styluses that look like pens. So if you think of the, uh, the good old Kaweco Sport, I can get a little stylus that looks identical to a black Kaweco Sport. Or I can just get the insides and slot that into one of my existing Kaweco Sports, which would include, you know, all sorts of chunky metal ones that I've got, brass perhaps. So that's quite interesting the one that he's recommending is actually no longer made it's um it's it's been discontinued now i don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign uh i think brian's a user of the lamy and the lamy is a safari so it just looks like a normal safari Ooh. which is fine apart oh no sorry it's not a safari it's an al star oh so it's a heavy version uh which is fine yeah i just Oh, I don't really like the star. That's the problem I have there. Um, but yes, it's it's a rabbit hole uh, down which I will be falling because I mean, clearly I'm prone to that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I bought a notebook company. Um, so that's that's been an exciting thing for today in terms of usage. Uh, yeah, I'm really warming to it. I have to say. So I am going uh, on a business trip to the UK soon. And part of what I have to do is um, a stress test, which again, it's, not, it's not a health thing. It's a business thing where I'm going into uh, certain um, offices, branches, whatever you want to call them, and assessing how closely the branch is following the policies and procedures. I mean, it's, it really is more boring than it sounds. But the easiest way to do that is really is the good old-fashioned clipboard <laughs> with a PDF on it, and you tick here and you write a comment there. And uh, well, the remarkable too is perfect for that. So I can create the PDF on my Mac. I can then put that PDF onto the remarkable, uh, and I can essentially just complete a PDF for each branch, and I have all of those records, uh, both handwritten and transcribed to text uh, on the Remarkable. And I can then export them all out and I've got a great data set to, to do my report from. So it's, is it more convenient than doing it by hand? Mm, yeah, probably. I mean, you know, it's more uniform. It's easier to move around. There's less transcription. Um, but it's just a very nice, elegant way of doing it. Um, I've been taking some reading notes, which we, we may get to later, uh, on, on the Remarkable. And yeah, like your experience with the Neo, um, I'm really surprised at how well it reads my handwriting. Uh, the writing experience is the best electronic writing experience I've ever had. Oh, interesting. Um, so it's, uh, there's no lag and there is a real texture to writing on the, on the e-ink screen that, that is missing from the iPad. And I, I bought one of those screen protectors for the iPad that gives it a slightly more paper-like feeling. I think it's called paper-like, in fact. Mm-hmm. But this is better. This is definitely better. Oh, interesting. All right. Ah, Stu, don't tell me that. <laughs> yes, it did. Brian, it's going to cost us both a fortune, I think. <sighs> oh, that, yeah. I, I will reserve judgment until you get back from your business case. But um, that, that, that idea of something that feels like a pen then again i just bought a notebook and a pen that should do the same thing so for sure oh it's it's tempting it's tempting uh, crazy all right cool um i'm i i want to hear more about it when you've uh, had it in use in the real world indeed well i say i mean as you point out you know it's it's essentially it's a notebook and a pen um and you and i Obviously, both only have one notebook and one pen. We never get any extras. Of, mm, no. Yeah. The, mm. Mm. Right. Tell me something nice. All right. So I've, I've got a new cause that I'm supporting, and I'm, I'm going to pimp it a little bit here. Uh, pumpkinandfriendscharity.com. So uh, we talked a little while ago about uh, sort of my experiences with social media. And one of the things I've been doing is following dogs because dogs make me happy. Um, Pumpkin 
is a little West Highland Terrier. So the story behind this charity is that the human's name is Tammy and her story from the website is that in October, 2021, uh, their family adopted a paralyzed puppy called pumpkin. Pumpkin was a tiny eight week old West Highland Terrier when she came into their lives as she was surrendered to a rescue. Uh, and they fell in love with her and had to help her. An MRI scan revealed that her spine had been broken through extreme trauma, which means that Pumpkin doesn't feel any pain or sensations from waist down. Uh, she's completely paralyzed from the waist down. She's double incontinent, so she wears a nappy. Um, and they, they've done some wonderful things. They've got a little wheelchair, so her back hind quarters are in a little wheelchair for her. And it is just so lovely to see this puppy who doesn't really know she's paralyzed, uh, running in the water, running everywhere. Just so happy. Uh, you know, there are some very difficult decisions that are made for, you know, uh, puppies that are less than perfect. And I love the fact that pumpkin is out there. I, I see the posts on, on Twitter and it's absolutely makes your heart smile. So a little while ago, they came into making a charity. So what they're doing is they are helping less able dogs uh, overcome their challenge challenges. It is a UK based, so this is a registered UK charity. And at the moment, they're raising funds. They've done some walks. I've, I've been following them for a little while. They've done some really neat things. They're buying a wheelchair for a severe, severely arthritic Lassa Apso called Ruby, who is only a year older than Coco. And, uh, you know, I, I, I see the resemblance. I contributed, I threw some money at it because it's a lovely cause. And these people, there, there's no promotional team. There's no cost structure behind it. This is just, they're getting money and they're they're buying things to help other dogs and these dogs are, are loving it. You know, the ability for a dog to become more mobile. Um, I know how hard it is to deal with a dog that won't walk. Um, Coco, I, I don't know if I talked about it on, on the show or not. Uh, when Coco was a puppy, she had to have double rear knee surgery. So she uh, couldn't walk properly. Uh, she had to have uh, a common problem in small dogs is kind of from overbreeding. Uh, their knees are sort of distended. They come out around the side of their legs, so they can't bend their knees properly, and it causes them some pain. So Coco had to go in. They cut up her legs. Uh, they realigned her knees. They put some pins in uh, her ligaments to hold things in the right place. Uh, she was disabled for six weeks while she was recovering. Uh, we had to have a little strap that we basically, she could walk on her front legs and we carried her around with this strap because her back legs were, were strapped up and unable to, to work. And, and I look at this and go, you know, this is, this is a reality that dogs deal with, you know, Coco could be surgically repaired and right now she's she's as good as she's ever been she still doesn't like to work walk too long uh and you know sometimes on a walk she'll come up and i'll carry her and i look at this and i go this is a a cause that is wonderful to see dogs happy uh humans happy and hey you know what um they're doing a raffle to raise funds. You can also just, they've got a PayPal me link. Um, that's what I used. I, I just gave them some money. They're looking to raise 125 British pounds for, uh, this wheelchair for Ruby. Uh, so, you know, if you have some money, I know September, some of the bigger podcasts are getting into childhood cancer awareness and stuff like that. Um, this is something where all of the money from this charity goes to goes to the dogs and yes people are good too but the dogs are special for me and i think for Stu too uh absolutely i'm just um busily following pumpkin underscore charity on twitter mm -hmm. uh, i'm following that with both with both nero's uh, and my own account and i predict that later on i shall be uh 
I shall be doing some some pushing for them, see if I can get the, get the word out. Because one thing I will say about Nero's customers uh, is that uh, they are dog lovers. Uh, and the other thing is that Nero's has, uh, we do a subscription. So there's a, well, there are actually three subscriptions, uh, notebook subscriptions that every three months you can uh, receive a pocket subscription, which is generally a couple of packs of pocket notebooks. Uh, then the next month is the medium or desk size subscriptions that tends to be sort of A5 books. And then the third month is the Nero's subscription, which is the wild card. It can be anything. Uh, and for those that don't know, Nero's is named after uh, my beloved schnauzer, Nero, uh, who's no longer with us. Um, but we, um, for every subscription that we sell, uh, we take one pound uh, of that money and put it to a charity. Um, and then the company or me, we, we double that. So, uh, for, for every subscription, two pounds goes to our chosen charity, which for a long time has been a rescue, a dog rescue center here in Cyprus. But I think it might be time for us to make a change. So, um, perhaps we can, we can adopt, um, this little fellow and and all of his mates <laughs> uh, as our as our new charity. I think that might be a good thing. So uh, there we go. We can get, get a little bit of get a little bit of cash going their way. So uh, once again, pumpkin underscore charity. Go follow that mm-hmm. on Twitter, and I dare say they might be on Instagram and stuff. Yeah, pumpkin also has her own um, Twitter account as well. There's a charity which is the official part. And I'm sure there's a link in there to pumpkin herself. And if you want some of the, you know, we complain about the internet for, well, a cesspool of stuff. If you put things like pumpkin playing in the water, she lives by the beach. She loves to swim a little dog in a wheelchair, loving to swim. You can just imagine how beautiful that is. So it, it just raises your heart a little bit every time you see those. And it's fantastic to have things like that in your social media feed. So Yep, I, I do recommend it. Absolutely. Anyway, enough of a shill for me. And uh, thanks, Stu. I appreciate you putting up with me on that one. No, no, it's lovely, man. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, little account to follow. All right. Uh, what's your tool of the week? Let's get into the serious stuff now. Oh, the serious stuff. Well, tool, tool of the week for me. Mm, I'm going to say it's things. So uh, getting into... Um, managing tasks again and managing them properly. Um, uh, we were just talking uh, off air about where the fact that I haven't been running a task manager before has once again uh, reared its head and bitten me on the behind uh, in that there was a, a web hosting package that uh, renewed just today. Um, and it renewed. I have two accounts with it, uh, both quite expensive. And one of them is actually no longer used, but it renewed anyway, because I didn't have a recurring task to either check that I wanted to renew it or indeed turn it off if required. So, um, it didn't help me there because I wasn't doing it, but it will next year (laughs) because I now have a task that says get in there and have a look at it a couple of weeks before. Um, but that apart, I mean, I am finding. Uh, as you advised, the more that I, I work with it and the more I put into it, the greater my trust grows. Um, and you know, we, we live in this incredible connected world and that's a, a huge benefit. So I, you know, if I'm sitting watching TV, I can just reach for my phone. When a task occurs to me, I can capture it in things, leave it in my inbox. And then when I get to my computer, I can sort everything out. Um, and that's really working very, very well for me. So thank you, Justin for getting me back into a proper task manager. Excellent. Excellent. I'm, I'm glad it's working for you. The trusted system. I, I can't take up much for that. That's uh, uh, David Allen that came up with that. But I tell you that that changed my life, this trusted system thought. So I'm glad it's working well for you. My tool of the week. Yes. Uh, or lack thereof, I guess, is pride in your work. I ran into, I'm, I'm sure, so I'm, I'm going to go with a, if, if you're listening to us talk about the things that we talk about, you're a certain type of person, and this is not something that you would ever consider doing, but I ran into the dreaded, not my job 
um, mm. twice this week. And, you know, these aren't direct reports. These are people that I work with that I, you know, in some of the businesses, uh, if you come across this, try to stamp it out, try to coach it out, try to do anything, but it's, it's horrible, you know, knowing that you're putting out something less than your best, less than you know is right, but somebody told me to do it. Um, is just, it, it's frustrating. I, I was really ranting about it in the show notes, apparently, cause I'm looking back at this now going, okay, grrr. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was just so disappointed that there were a couple of screw ups that shouldn't have happened if people had just stopped to think about it, put a little bit of pride into their work. Hey, I'm going to do this. What do I need to do? And you know what? If you're in there, I, I'm guessing our listeners again, don't have that, but I'm sure like anybody else, you're going to run across this. Um, let's stamp it out. Let's put a little bit of pride into your work. If you're not enjoying it, if you're not there because you have passion and an interest in doing your best, you need to leave. That's all I'm thinking. But anyway, rant over. Uh, so pride in the work. There you go. That's my tool of the week. Mm. What's your written with this week, Stu? Oh, I, I'm un, unchanged. The, the, the downside of these wonderful pelicans and their huge ink reservoirs is they last forever. And in fairness, I have been using the Remarkable a bit as well. So uh, I still have my little triumvirate of pelican um, treating me very well. I'm writing with uh, the 805 now, the big boy. Um, it's beautiful. I mean, it's just a lovely pen. Uh, very much more my end of the nib section than yours, so mm. broader rather than finer, but uh, it's such a reliable pen. It always starts, it never jumps, um, and as I'm just trying to think, yeah, it's never to date thrown lots of ink at me. So uh, still using those. You, on the other hand, I think have changed this week, haven't you? Well, I, I just kind of go through the rotation a little bit. One, this is one that lives on my desk, but it's... It's becoming my primary one that I've been using this week. Uh, my Nakaya Long Cigar in Aka Tamanori, which is sort of a, a brownish, reddish color. Um, it, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, I've been writing with that all week and just, uh, it, it's so nice. It lives on a little crab holder on my computer desk. And what tends to happen is the other pen of the week comes and sort of lives near my notebook, but I've just been using this one. I'm really enjoying it. The other thing that I was going through looking for some stuff the other day and found these out and I bought them probably several years ago. Uh, and I've, I've kind of been playing with them, um, perhaps a little bit after, uh, reading our friends, uh, Mr. Forte's building a second brain book on mm -hmm. making notes and highlighting them and distilling them. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of highlighting and I had some Bible journal highlighters. Uh, no, I'm not going to start preaching. This is not at all why I'm using those. I can't remember why I picked them up, but they're actually made of, I'm not sure what they're made of. It's like a waxy stick. Uh, it's not actually a real ink. It's, it's more like, well, I guess it feels like an ink, but it, it goes down off a wax stick. The, these are designed not to bleed through thin Bible paper. Mm -hmm. And what I found is that they work really, really well on fountain pen ink without smudging or smearing, especially if it's not a waterproof ink. You know how sometimes you use a, an ink highlighter and you just make a mess of whatever line you're highlighting? Sure. These don't do it at all. They just put this top coat on there and it, it's, it's absolutely perfect. Uh, I've, I can't think of any other highlighter of the many that I have and have tried that works so well on any fountain pen ink that I've, that I've tried it on. Very good. I must uh, have a look at those. I don't think I've ever come across them. Yeah, it's a, it's a very weird thing. I'll try to Google them and uh, put a link in the show notes. There's no name or anything manufacturer's name. It's just says Bible journaling. So I'm not even sure where I picked them up. Might've been a book, a bookstore or something weird like that, but pretty cool stuff. Uh, I've got them in different colors too. It was like a, I think a three pack or something that it came in. So 
Uh, if you're wanting something a little different, if you're making notes and you're highlighting them, there you go. There's a way to do it. All right, Stu, we're going to talk about managing reading this time. Mm. And I think we might've spoiled this a little bit last time. Let's, let's talk a little bit. How, how do you like to read? Uh, well, um, anyway, suits me, to be honest, uh, the reality of my life is that I'm now very much in Kindle, um, also in Apple books, but, um, I appear to have more enthusiasm for Apple books than Apple does. So I, I have a feeling that, that, uh, Amazon has kind of won that war to a certain extent. So I have a lot of content in Amazon. Um, whilst I'm a, you know, a fan of, you know, the, the feel, the smell, all, all of the, the touch of a, of a book, you know, I love going into bookshops and just wandering around all of that sort of stuff. It's just not very practical if you're going to keep emigrating. Um, so I had a pretty large library, um, at university of books, you know, mostly, mostly textbooks, I guess, but, uh, because I was doing a very weird degree, which was all research-based, I had a lot of books. Uh, and then I decided to go and live in Paris and chase French girls and make lots of money. And I, I was doing that with a rucksack and you can't get that many bag, uh, books in a rucksack. So I ended up sort of losing that library and that became a bit of a trait that happened to me three or four times that I've acquired lots and lots of books and then for one reason or another, um, not being able to keep them. So I've either, you know, passed them on or, or just had to sort of you know, leave them to, to whatever life I was leaving behind. So that really has pushed me towards, uh, electronic books now. And whilst I love looking, I mean, I would love every surface in the house to be covered, covered with books. Um, mm. I'm not very house proud, but I do love book. My wife, on the other hand, is very house proud, uh, and wants books to be in their place clean and, um, never shall they move. So uh, it's just easier for me to lean into the electronic book. What about you? What's your sort of favored, uh, format? Uh, so I'm a bit of a book snob. Um, I, I love a hardcover book. I, I love the process of reading. I love the feel of reading. Um, if I can't get a hardcover affordably, then I'll go for a soft cover. I do have a Kindle. It's honestly the reading of last resort when I can't get the material any other way. Um, one of the things I've found, Stu, and I don't know if you did, well, I'm assuming you don't, but, um, if I read something on a Kindle, perhaps it comes up and it's, you know, how Amazon sort of gives books away for almost nothing, mm. 99 cents. Uh, and I, I start reading it and it's a book I like. I'm back on there and, I, and I'm buying a hard copy of it. Somehow, uh, I just find I pick up more from a hard copy. There's pros and cons to it, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite particular about my books. Uh, I'm also very particular about about the condition of my books as well. And I'm just looking, uh, kind of glanced up here at one of my bookshelves. Uh, I was, I collect some books in the series that's been going on since the seventies. And recently I was at a, a bookstore and they had some nicer copies of the copies of the books that I had. So I've actually replaced them and they're sitting on a little pile there ready for me to donate somewhere. But, uh, yeah, I, I buy multiple copies of books looking for the copy of the book that meets my specifications. Um, I'm one of those people that I add Mylar covers to the dust jackets of, of my hardcovers, uh, because I'm that OCD before I actually read it, it'll come in the mail. Everything gets smoothed with a bone folder. It'll get folded into a, a plastic cover and then it'll get put back on. And only then can I read it because I am that weirdly OCD about it. <laughs> well, whatever floats your boat, but, um, yeah, I, I couldn't, couldn't be further from that. I don't think. <laughs> If if I get hold of a book, then yeah, I'm 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 into it. I'm covers open bush. I mean, I've got out of the habit of breaking the backs of them, but um, I've done I've done it on occasion. I think I think you'd be horrified by the state of some of my books. 
Yeah, I, it was funny because uh, my my daughter was out shopping yesterday. She texted me. She's uh, she saw the the new Sandman. It's a series that has just come out on Amazon. I think it is. No, Netflix. I I lied. It's a uh, it's Netflix. Um, and my my daughter's hearing about it now, and she saw the trade paperback for some of the Sandman, and she was uh, sent it to sent a picture of it. And said, "Did you want it?" Uh, and I said, "No, I've already got the comics." And she's, oh, well, great. Can I read them? And I said, well, we have to have a conversation about it. Do you, do you own white cotton gloves? <laughs> so, yes, I, I have some comics, and, and each one of those is uh, put in a board, put in a bag. The bag is taped in a certain way to protect it. If, if I read those, they are read at a table with, with no food around. They are very gently handled so as to avoid smudges. Isn't, isn't that how teenagers always read comics? Yeah, exactly. That's why I said, <laughs> I, I said, we have to have a conversation about it. She was uh, quite, quite uh, miffed at me, I think is a good word to say it because I take care of my stuff. It's, yeah, you take care of your stuff in, in your world, but my world is another level of OCD. <laughs> Yeah. So the the idea I know I know in, in one of the beauties of Kindle, and I was just doing this the other day. I was, I'm reading a book now on Zettelcasting mm -hmm. on my Kindle because it's a small book. It's the only way to get it. And I emailed, I, I underlined it in the Kindle, and sent a an email of that to myself so that I could see what I had underlined, which was lovely. The idea of highlighting or marking up a book. Oh, it, it, it horrifies me, Stu. Mm. It just horrifies me. The worst I will do is like one of those, uh, 3M book tags sticking out of it just to point somewhere for future reference. And that is very, very rare. Uh, most of the time I, I take my notes the hard, the hard way. I have a, a notebook that is actually for books, books that I read and I write down my notes going back to last week, uh, in that book. So I, I've always been a bit weird when it comes to my books too. <laughs> like I say, whatever works for you. How do you take notes on yours? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I use, I use the Kindle predominantly, uh, which means that I don't have to, um, sort of actively read. I don't have to sit uh, as you do with a, with a notebook and a pen and, uh, be in some way upright. I can actually read lying down uh, <laughs> because you know, highlighting on a Kindle, as you say, is really, really easy. You just slap your finger on there and um, sort of spread down as far as you wish. Uh, and I'm a Readwise subscriber. So all of my uh, Kindle highlights and lots of other sources uh, sync with Readwise, uh, who then serve them up to me in uh, sort of repetitive, uh, what do they call it, spaced, uh, variable spaced repetition or something, where... Um, you know, if you see them every now and again, you, they, they stick in your mind. So I do a daily little review. They present me five of my highlights. Um, but most importantly for me, they uh, also dump those into a, into a notes app. So I then have all of my, my highlights on a book in, in this case, Obsidian. Hmm. Uh, do you add notes to your Kindle at all or just do it through highlights? Uh, not on the Kindle because it's awkward. On the once once the the highlights are in my computer, then yes, I add notes on my notes. So I'll um, each each week I do a sort of this is relatively new. I do a, a, a sort of week shutdown on a Friday afternoon where I will go through the highlights that have come in, and I, you know I may just look at them and go, I wonder why I highlighted that, um, <laughs> or I may go, oh yeah, okay, and then uh, write some notes about why I agree or disagree or. Um, there's a, actually it's really, really bizarrely, I don't know if you've listened to it, but there's a, the Focus podcast with uh, Mike Schmitz and David Sparks uh, I was listening to this morning, and it's all about um, notes and how they uh, take notes on reading and stuff. Um, so, yeah, go and look, look that up if, uh, if you're interested in notes. But, yeah, I do, I do. Do you? I mean, do you revisit your notebook of notes? I do, actually. Um Going back to OmniFocus, I put a reminder in every three months after I finish a book, I will add a task myself to go and read my notes on it. 
And then one year after it, I also put another task in to go and reread my my notes to the book. And I just find it helps it stick with me. You know, I don't I don't generally go back a lot to the books themselves. Uh, I do generally, you know, having a having copies of them on the on the bookshelves. I can grab a note from the book. I can go look it up if I'm looking back for something that isn't particularly clear. But I do actually go through uh, and reread my book note journals because I go through them several times over the years. Um, and yeah, I, I read through them. Uh, Readwise, do you have a just a random thing, or do you go back on any particular schedule, Stu? Uh, it's uh, daily. I, I have a review. I have got it set up at the moment. It presents to me five. You can you can uh, amend and adjust all this, and you can have notifications. You can do all sorts of weird stuff. Uh, but it's part of my morning routine, <laughs> as per as per things, uh, and I just go through them read them, try and think on them a little bit, uh, A, to help them go in, and B, just to, to you know, spark interest in things that interest me because I've highlighted them. I find it really useful in that respect just to keep me in the sort of right mindset, but it's really that reviewing of the reviewing that I think is the most important thing because that's where I'm exploring ideas. And, and very often it's just questions, you know, why am I interested in that? Why did I write that? Why did I say that? Why did I think that? What do I think? Of it, asking myself those questions means that these books stay with me. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but mm -hmm. rather than sort of going in, in through my eyes and out through my ears, the, they, they sort of stay with me and I kick them around a bit. Um, and that's why I try and mix my diet, as it were, book-wise, um, and just have a whole wide different set of books so um what did i read recently dalton trumbo um it's sort of uh, it's a it's a protest book um johnny johnny got a gun uh I, it's a it's a horrific book i mean it's it's absolutely horrible and 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 painful and visceral but it it's the sort of thing that i kind of think everybody should read Certainly anybody who wants to be a politician. Mm. Uh, if you're ever going to be in a position that you're going to send people to war, read that book first. Um, and the world would be a better place. So there's that type of thing along with, you know, a self-help book or a book about bullet journaling or, you know, any of that. I, I like to mix it all up and, and just keep thinking about these things. Hmm. Question for you, because I, I know my own experience uh, reading books. Do you, on a Kindle, read one book from start to finish, or do you jump around from book to book and topic to topic? I will probably at any given time have three or four on the go. Mm. So, because uh, there's some some things I read that I'm thinking, oh, this is really good, but I might be reading um, just before bed, and it's just just too hard. <laughs> so, um, what am I reading at the moment? I'm reading um, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, which yeah, it's Stoic philosophy. It's translated from the Latin, so you have sentences that are two pages long. Um, it, it's not written in that sort of snappy Hemingway type style. It's it's hard work, and I can't read that at night. Um, so that that sort of I will visit in the morning. Then I'm reading other books, you know, fiction perhaps that that more suitable for evening reading. What about you? Are you a sort of start at the beginning and go all the way through to the end and then put it away. You know? I, I have books depending on my mood. Uh, so when I, when I read, I usually wake up early and provided I don't have anything to do like podcasting, editing, that kind of stuff. I'll usually have my morning coffee and, and get some reading time in. Uh, usually in the morning, I tend to be more learning focused. Again, it depends on my mood. This year, particularly earlier in the year, I just was reading light novels, stuff that, well, you know, you don't have to think about too much. You know, uh, now I'm back on to some of the, the more interesting and, and stuff that's been on my shelf that I've wanted to go through. I just need to have the energy to go through that. Uh, I've got a couple of different uh, books on the go at the moment. Uh, 
right now I'm reading on my Kindle a book about Zettel casting. I have uh, a biography of uh, John Barnard, who is a old school Formula One car designer. Uh, that's a, a big meaty tome, uh, which is a great book if you want to read for, you know, 10 minutes before you fall asleep in bed. And then my, well, I wouldn't say light reading, uh, the seven story mountain is the other book that I've kind of got on the go at the moment, which is a story of, uh, sort of a, uh, a gentleman that grew up and became a, uh, monk and it's kind of his, um, story of how how he thought about it, what his revelations are and what that process were. It's kind of a spiritual book, if you like. So mm -hmm. a, a little bit of, you know, how, how serious do I want to read? Um, I, I've, I, I read quite a bit. Uh, I've, I went through just looking in, in what we've done so far this year. And most of these have been novels, which I can burn through pretty quick, but so far this year, I've already read 47 books. Uh, so I, I do read, you know, I read, uh, in the mornings, if uh, Mrs. T isn't up, I'll generally have breakfast and I'll have a book with me. And I'm re reading then. I sit down and read uh, before I go to work. And it's just one of those things I really enjoy doing. Um, how do you fit uh, reading into your time, Stu? Uh, well, similarly, actually, I have to say, um, I wrote in in the, the show notes, it's, um, it's a great luxury to be able to get up in the morning um, and start reading if if i could suggest one change that you make in your life folks is don't look at your phone and your email and all that nonsense first look at your book read for you know 15 minutes half an hour um because it just it allows your brain to set the agenda for the day rather than everybody else's messages and their concerns and you know the sort of polemic news that we all get um so i uh, my my Kindle, which is actually my iPad, uh, I have an iPad Mini which I use for reading. That's uh, next to my bed. I get up, uh, the dogs uh, and I go to the kitchen. The dogs go outside to go and do dog tub stuff. Um, I sit there and have uh, some water. Um, for the moment, I have some iced coffee because it's really hot, uh, and just read for half an hour. And then, uh, as dawn comes, the dogs and I go out for a walk together and. It's a great chance for my mind to turn over what I've just read. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful privilege. And I just find it sets my day so much better. My day is so much calmer than if I get up and think, oh, there's that work thing. I've got to look at that. What's that? What's happening in Slack? It's just a brilliant, brilliant way. Uh, but I'm also now time blocking during the day. So um, after lunch, I, um, I put aside half an hour to do some more reading. Um, and sometimes even an hour, depending on what I've got on, just because it's one of the first things I find is one of the first things to get cut if I get busy or stressed or, um, I just, oh, I can't, I can't read now. I can't, I can't possibly read. Um, well, I can actually. And again, you know, I, I'm in a very privileged position. I work for myself. There's only me in this office. Uh, so I, I, I don't have a boss to hide from, but, um, yeah, as, as much as I can. And then, yeah, last 15 minutes before sleep is, uh, quick read of something and that I'm gone. <laughs> Where do you fit it in? Cause you, you, you know, you've got corporate jobby job stuff to do. Yeah. I generally, and it, it sort of is why I have several books on the go. Uh, usually in the morning I'll get up, I'll read something serious. Uh, I'll usually sit at my desk or I've got a, a nice couch that looks out over the view that I have of sort of the mountain and dawn coming up, which I just find really inspiring to sit there and make some notes on. I generally read during the day. It's, you know, if I'm eating, then I'll be reading if I'm not with Mrs. T. Uh, and then what I try to do is, uh, what I try to do, uh, eat dinner. We usually spend a little bit of time together. We'll take the dog for a walk. When we come back from taking the dog for a walk in the evening, it's usually not quite early enough to go to bed. I'll go and I'll come downstairs this is one of the things that I really have to think about because, you know, Stu and I talk about our, our drinking a little bit, 
but I love to sit down in the evening before bed, have a nice large brandy and do some journaling and some reading and some reflecting on the day and planning for the next day. Uh, but I quite often end up just sitting reading for an hour and I absolutely love that process. Uh, again, I'm going to bed. I'm, I'm not on my phone. I'm not on my computer. It's just getting away from everything, thinking about what you're doing. And then you go to bed with thoughts that are challenging yourself, not just, you know, whatever the latest TikTok video is, or if I was on such a thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's really nice. Usually I'll have something very, very light in bed. I'll read a couple of pages. Uh, as soon as I start reading that same paragraph three times, that's it. The book's down. I'm turning off and rolling over. Um, and that's, that's kind of my way of doing it, but yeah, make a habit of reading if you can. It's, it's so good. Whether, whether it's digital, if you, if you can be comfortable with digital, I just find I don't retain as much as I do with sort of the, the books that I do have, the physical books, they help me visualize them. Just, just a kind of learner. Maybe it's just, I'm old because, you know, other, other people I know, uh, have different ways of looking at it, but it's just those, those physical books for me, help me learn so much. Um, you know, I wouldn't be where I was today without having read so many books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you that the, the older I get, the more I realize, um, how much I have learned from reading and how much I have to learn from reading. Um, and it's, you know, a good book is so transportational. It just takes you somewhere, you know, it takes you out of whatever your problems are, whatever hassles are you could just lose yourself for half an hour and i think that's really really important it's a fantastic thing to do all right uh speaking of good books let's talk about how to read a book uh you've read that book haven't you how to read a book by mortimer adler yeah that's that's one that i read in quite short spells <laughs> um, and with my 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 teeth gritted at times it is quite a tough book to get through yeah my my notes to myself on this were horrible book to read really some great ideas and content of how to approach reading a book or reading a series of books, something that, uh, you know, I never used to do as much of, I used to kind of jump in and out of topics. There are several topics, a new author comes out that I want to read something comes in through Amazon. I pick it up and start reading it. The idea of kind of looking and grouping my books together kind of like what I'm doing right now with the Zettelcasting and note-taking is something that I got from this book, How to Read a Book. It is a tough read. It was written, I don't know, what was that, 70 years ago, Stu, and then mm. rewritten a little bit, and that's still been 50 years ago. Uh, so it, it it is of an age, um, but it really does have some some good ideas of how to prep for reading a book, what your expectations to get from reading a book and how to look at your content of books and group them together. Uh, one of the things I've done because, Hey, it's me and I'm a, a little OCD, but sort of, uh, after reading how to read a book, I've reorganized some of my bookshelves by syntopical topics. So for example, habit change, I've got all of those books together in one section so that when I'm ready to reread, um, you know, a, a Cal Newport or, um, uh, who's looking over, uh, Greg McEwen or, uh, James Clear. That was a guy, uh, BJ Fogg, uh, Charles Duhigg. Mm -hmm. They're all sitting in this one section so I can grab them. I can read all of them at once and see what the commonalities are and what the differences are. If you haven't read, uh, Mortimer Adler, I'm not sure, uh, it, it's, it's a tough book, but it really is a great way to approach your reading if you want to get the most out of it. So, uh, what do you think, Stu? Is, uh, is that a fair way to say it or am I overselling it? No, no, I think you're right. Um, it's, it's one of those books that, um, I mean, you're quite pleased to get to the end or certainly I was, um, I, what did I write? I wrote it in the show notes. It feels like running through glue, but, um, that there are some, some good points there. It's, it's a sort of systemized systemization of how to read. <laughs> so it, it's sort of, it's active reading, uh, 
and then some. Um, but good advice. It helps you get more from a book. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, one piece of advice that I put in the show notes is don't get stuck on a bad book. Um, and I've heard a blog post on this a couple of years ago because it was something I used to do. I used to be a completionist. I used to read basically running through glue on some books, but I would finish each book, dang it, no matter what. And I think it was uh, Moby Dick. I've always kind of wanted to read it because it's one of those you should read mm -hmm. and I couldn't do it. And I struggled with that book. It was on my bedside table, must've been there for a year and I would pick it up and I'd read a page and I'd run through that glue again as, as Stu's analogy. And, and it just wasn't working for me. And I gave the book away. I donated it to charity. When we moved, I, I got rid of so many books. I got rid of about of a third of my books, which was uh, a couple of truckloads, um, which is kind of embarrassing to admit to. Uh, but I had done that with, with Moby Dick. I'm happy to say I never finished it and I'm okay with that. And that was a piece of advice that it took me 50 odd years to figure out. Um, but I would certainly recommend for anybody, if the book isn't working for you, there's, there's other ones out there. <laughs> uh, how about you, Stu? Completionist or? Uh, no, I mean, I suppose I was, um, I remember, you know, getting through Dickens, um, cause you know, he, he was a great believer in why use a hundred words when you can use a thousand. Um, some of those I found quite hard work, but you know, there was some amazing writing within it. Uh, and these days, yeah, I suppose I'm, oh, what do I, maybe 10, 20% is kind of where I will get to. Uh, and if, if the book, if the book is still failing me at that point, then I'll, I'll probably just ditch it. Um, if you spend every second of your life reading between now and death, you're still only going to read a tiny, 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 tiny percentage of the stuff that's out there. So read the stuff that you get something from. It's my advice. Good advice. All right, Stu, anything else you want to talk about on books or do you, do you want to give us your takeaway? Uh, well, my takeaway was very simple, a little bit flippant, uh, buy a bookend for your books. Um, there's, <laughs> there'll be a link in the show notes for, uh, light reading London, which <laughs> I, I, I discovered these, oh, this must've been, uh, maybe five years ago now. Um, and it's, it looks like a big weighty tome and you can have, you can have them made for you. So, uh, I have, uh, Das Kapital by uh, Karl Marx, um, uh, the seminal work, uh, for Marxism. Uh, and it's a big red and black book, except it's not, it's a house brick. It's a London house brick that's been painted up to look like a book. And I think they're absolutely fabulous. Um, and so if you want a really good bookend, get yourself a London Brit with with a, with an interesting book on it. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at some of the ones that are on his website. He's taking a break at the moment, but you can, uh, have Etsy email you when they're coming back, but they've got the Hobbit catcher in the rye breakfast at Tiffany's Alice's adventures in wonderland, the great Gatsby, Les Miserables. Um, lots of great books on there. I got a question though. You don't have any books. What do you do with the bookend? Oh, well, look, <laughs> this is a relative thing. So I don't go out and buy many books, but I still get gifted some. Um, and, uh, one that you recommended to me a while back, you know, how to become a straight A student with Cal Newport that doesn't exist electronically or not mm. legitimately anyway. So, uh, I had to buy that from, I bought that from Amazon Germany and had a paperback shipped to me here in Cyprus. And I still have, Ooh, I'm going to guess a couple of thousand books upstairs. So, um, I'm, I'm not without books. I just, I'm trying not to add to it. Certainly not when the wife's watching anyway. <laughs> That's good. Uh, my takeaway is I think we've already covered it, but make time for reading, make it a priority. It really is one of the best things you can do just for you, no matter what your interest in, what your growth areas are that you're interested in, you'll be able to find something. You'll be able to learn something about the world and about yourself. Perfect. All right. All right, Sue, where can people find you on the interwebs? 
Uh, well, you can find me at stuartlennon.com, which is where I well, I write. Uh, you can find me at neurosnotes.co.uk, where I sell stationery. Or on Twitter, you can get me at, at Stu Lennon or at Instagram, uh, stuart.lennon.587. Swing by, say hi. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Oh, you can find me at justintwyford.com. I did actually put up my article ranting about... Um, zoom calls and setups the other day. Mm -hmm. So it is up there. If anybody wants to see some of my thoughts and recommendations that I ranted about last week, uh, you can find me on Twitter, JJ Twyford. Um, you will find me following pumpkin and some of pumpkins friends. If you're looking for pleasant stories about dogs instead of politics and all that other stuff that's there. I uh, find me on Instagram at j.j.twyford. Uh, and there you can see, well, Lots of pictures of my backyard and the stunning skies that we have out here. Uh, if you have any thoughts, uh, want to send us emails, please drop us a note, stationaryjacent at gmail.com. Uh, we love getting your emails and quite often lead to some great conversations with us. And uh, as Stu found out, it's going to cost him some money from emails there. Uh, please take a moment to like and review us on your podcast catcher of choice. We really do appreciate your recommendations to your friends and colleagues that you think might get something out of this. Uh, perhaps if you have a spouse who uh, is against books, maybe you can let them listen to this episode and realize that maybe you're not that bad and it's okay to buy more books. <laughs> All right. Our next topic is going to be on managing planning. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us.